Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What is up guys? Even though the NFL regular season just ended a few weeks ago, I really don't think it's ever too early to start jumping into content for the next NFL season. So in today's video and in the next few days, I'm going to be putting out some very early positional rankings for the 2022 season. So top 12s at each position. And today I'm going to be going through the top 12 running backs going into 2022. While you guys are watching, if you think a player is too high or too low, just let me know down below in the comment section. Give me your reasoning. Obviously, these are going to change a ton throughout the offseason. There's a lot of uncertainty for some of these players. So these are definitely going to shift around. But I just want to hear your guys' opinions. So drop those down below. And then if you're enjoying the content, do me a favor and hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. But let's get into the number one slot. And I feel like this is going to be fairly consensus, and that is Jonathan Taylor here at number one. He was the number one running back in total points in 2021 and number two in points per game behind Derrick Henry, who obviously didn't play a full season. Jonathan Taylor was dominant on the ground. He was basically at the top of almost every statistical category, number one in carries, number one in red zone touches, number one in total touchdowns, number one in rush yards, number one in breakaway runs, number one in evaded tackles, number one in juke rate, number one in yards created, number one in goal line carries, and the number five in yards created per touch. So a lot of those other ones were volume stats, but even on a per touch basis with his massive workload, he was still very, very efficient. And I don't think much is going to change for him going into 2022. He should have a very similar role. There may be some sort of quarterback change. It doesn't seem like they're totally bought in on Carson Wentz. But it's not like Carson Wentz was carrying that offense or anything. So really, no matter who they go with, this is going to be a run-focused offense. They're still going to have a really solid line. So Jonathan Taylor right now is my RB1 going into next season. Then at number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. And I expect McCaffrey to be one of the most controversial players heading into 2022. I think there are going to be some people who are totally willing to buy back into him. And then there are going to be others who are just completely avoiding him. I mean, you even had some people calling him injury prone going into this season. So I'm sure there's going to be the fair share of people who are just like, I am not interested in McCaffrey. I'm going to be totally avoiding him. And there may be people who won't even take him in the first round. For me, he is my number two overall player, and I'm willing to go back to the well on him. And really the main reason is just that no one can compare to Christian McCaffrey's ceiling in 2019, we saw CMC play a full 16-game season, and he averaged 29.4 PPR points, almost 30 points per game. That is just absurd. And when you're looking at the rest of the running back landscape, Jonathan Taylor's not going to do that. Derrick Henry's not going to do that. Austin Eckler's not going to do it. The only person who has that in his range of outcomes is Christian McCaffrey. And definitely the red flag here for him is that the last two seasons have been injury-riddled. But I've kind of just accepted that the running back position is one that's going to get injured a lot. And none of CMC's injuries really suggests that, you know, he's going to be an injury-prone player moving forward or that he has actually regressed as a player. When he was on the field this year, he looked fantastic. He was still great out of the backfield in a receiving role. And when you're looking at all his injuries over the last two years, you're looking at two ankle sprains, an AC joint sprain, a hamstring sprain, and then a thigh injury. So really injuries just all over the map. And so it's very possible he's just gotten unlucky the past two years. And right, none of these running backs are just totally exempt from getting hurt. It's possible that Jonathan Taylor goes out week one, 
tears his ACL. You know, that is on the table for every single player. So I'm not going to be, you know, avoiding someone who's proven when they're on the field, they can be the number one running back. Number three, I'm going to be going with Austin Eckler. And he was fantastic in his first full season as the RB1. He was the RB1 last year, but didn't really log, you know, close to a full season. Eckler finished as the running back two in total points and then was the RB3 in PPR points per game behind Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Eckler was really solid on the ground, averaging 12.9 carries per game, but the receiving role is definitely what kind of took him to that next level and gave him that very high week-to-week ceiling. He was the number one running back in targets, number two in receptions, number one in receiving yards, and then he was tied with Jonathan Taylor for number one in total touchdowns. Another positive for Austin Eckler and some of these other Chargers weapons that I don't think has been talked about enough is Brandon Staley's aggressiveness. So I know it's, you know, kind of been a hot topic. He uses analytics to, you know, determine whether or not they're going forward on fourth down. It seems like he just goes strictly by the numbers, which has led to some criticism. You know, some old time players don't like him going for it all the time. And honestly, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's solid. He's using the analytics. But from a fantasy football perspective, I mean, that is fantastic because he's going to be giving his offensive weapons more time out on the field. They're going to be extending drives. So for Eckler, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, that is just kind of another cherry on top to their already really solid production. Moving on to number four, I have Derrick Henry. And I think some people may think this is actually low because when he was healthy in 2021, he was a monster. He averaged 24.2 PPR points per game, and he also saw an increased role in the receiving game. You know, the whole story on Derrick Henry was always, he's going to get it done on the ground, but he will provide little to no work in the receiving game. He was targeted 2.5 times a game in 2021, which obviously isn't a ton of usage, but it was the highest rate of his career and just gave him a little bit more week-to-week security. We'll see if the Titans plan on giving him, you know, the same massive workload next season. I definitely think he's going to see a little bit of a decrease because, I mean, he was averaging close to 30 carries a game, and that is just not sustainable. You know, it was really just a matter of time before his body kind of broke down, and he did have that injury, which ended his regular season. But I still think, you know, even if he's averaging 20, 21, 22 carries per game, he's going to be a mid to high-end RB1, and they're still going to run that offense through him. And number five, I'm going to go with Alvin Kamara. And overall for the Saints, the 2021 season was just a mess. You saw Jameis Winston play seven games and then go down with a torn ACL. Then, you know, the Saints had a combination of Simeon, Hill, and Book at quarterback. All of them were honestly pretty horrible. The offensive line dealt with a ton of injuries. And then now we find out that Sean Payton is retiring. So really just a lot of things not going in the favor of Alvin Kamara. But despite all that in-season stuff, Kamara still managed to finish as the RB6 in points per game. And I feel like there's a few different ways the Saints could go this offseason. The first one is that they just undergo a complete rebuild. They're in a ton of cap problems. You know, they're tens of millions over the cap, so they're going to have to fix that. The roster right now isn't fantastic. They don't really have a quarterback for the future. So they could just kind of pack it in and look, you know, to rebuild, retool for future years. And that would obviously drop Kamara because then the team as a whole is not going to be good. Less scoring opportunities. He's not going to have the talent around him. But I think it's also possible they try to stay relevant, you know, potentially try to compete with the Bucks. Don't know if that would be the best idea, but maybe, you know, try to slide in as a wild card. And I think overall, it would just be tough 
for that offense to be as bad as it was this year. And Alvin Kamara still managed to succeed. We saw a huge increase in his carries per game, you know, as the reception stuff kind of went down. But I still think he's a top tier receiving back. And if that offense is looking at least semi-competent, he should be a really solid fantasy running back going into 2022. And number six, I have Dalvin Cook. And overall, it was a pretty underwhelming season from him this year. He finished as the RB11 in points per game, where he was being drafted as pretty much the consensus RB2. And really the main thing holding back his fantasy production was just the lack of touchdowns. In his previous two seasons, so 2019 and 2020, Cook scored a total of 30 touchdowns in 28 games, but he only managed to get into the end zone six times here in 2021. I'd be expecting both Dalvin Cook and those touchdowns to have a major bounce back in 2022. And number seven, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. And he had a really solid rookie season. You know, he was the RB8 in points per game. He had a massive workload, number one running back in targets, number two running back in carries. He really just wasn't given much help around him. He had a really poor offensive line. The offense as a whole struggled. And individually, you know, he didn't do a fantastic job creating for himself, but we do know the Steelers are going to feed him the ball. He's going to continue to have that huge workload in 2022. You know, if serious changes aren't made this offseason, he'll likely be a player who has a high floor but limited ceiling. We know he's going to get the touches, but, you know, are the efficiency and the overall touchdown numbers going to be there? So that's kind of the debate right now for Najee Harris. At number eight, I'm going to go with Joe Mixon, and he was one of my favorite running back targets going into the 2021 season, and he definitely lived up to my expectations. He was the RB7 in points per game and the RB4 in total points. He saw a fantastic workload on the ground, number three in carries, and he also scored 16 total touchdowns. I feel like there's a pretty clear positive outlook and then also a negative outlook for Joe Mixon heading into 2022. The positive outlook would be that the offense should continue to develop. And I also think they're going to attack that need at O-line this offseason, which should help Joe Mixon's efficiency. The kind of downside would be that his receiving role was definitely limited this year. I don't really see that getting bumped up a ton heading into 2022, which can cap you know his overall ceiling. He's not going to have that elite RB1 upside. And then I do think there's a chance the Bengals shift to a much more pass-heavy attack in 2022. They average you know, more rushes than average in the NFL this year, and they were actually under the league average in pass attempts per game. When you're just looking at the overall, you know, structure of that offense with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, I think it would definitely benefit them to rely more on the pass, especially if they can get that offensive line shirt up going into 2022. Moving on to number nine, I have DeAndre Swift, and he finished as the RB10 in PPR points per game, even with a pretty subpar finish coming off of that injury late in the year. He is a great dual threat running back option, great in the run game, great in the receiving game. My concerns with Swift really come down to factors that are just completely out of his control. The first one is who is going to be the offensive coordinator. They got rid of Lynn. Who is going to be the quarterback? Are they going to run it back with Jared Goff? Do they try to look at a guy in this year's draft? Maybe free agency? Not really sure what happens there. And then overall, just what is this offense going to look like? because it was a pitiful unit for the most part in 2021, and that's just going to restrict his overall ceiling and scoring opportunities. And number 10, I'm going to go with Nick Chubb, who should probably be hovering, you know, in the low-end RB1 range. 
He has great production on the ground and then just a limited role in the receiving game. I think going into 2022 fantasy drafts, he's going to be like a solid early second round pick. You know, a decent RB1 if you go first round wide receiver and then a great running back to play if you do select a running back in the first round. So I feel like he's going to be in this like 10 to 12 range, probably the entire offseason. At number 11, I'm going to go with Javante Williams. And there are plenty of variables for him heading into this offseason. I think the first one would be, does Denver re-sign Melvin Gordon? If they do, obviously that is going to restrict Javante Williams' ceiling because he's not going to be able to unlock that workhorse workload. I do think there's a shot they bring him back or maybe another veteran running back to kind of split the load. Hopefully they don't, you know, for Javante Williams' sake but I do think it's in the range of outcomes. The other kind of issue here is what happens with that quarterback situation. Are they going to go back to the well with Teddy Bridgewater? Is it going to be Drew Locke? Do they bring in one of these big time free agents, Aaron Rodgers? You know, do they make a trade for Russ or Deshaun Watson? Obviously bringing in one of those top tier guys would definitely elevate Williams for fantasy. And then, you know, maybe they go out, get a guy in the draft, which I don't think would be fantastic, at least, you know, for his first season in 2022. I could easily see Javante Williams moving up or down a few spots, depending on how this offseason goes. You know, if they bring back Melvin Gordon, stick with a subpar quarterback, he's probably going to fall out of my top 12 running backs. But if they go out, you know, get Aaron Rodgers, get rid of Melvin Gordon, and he's going to be the clear number one, he could easily jump up to be a mid-tier running back one heading into 2022. And then for the final player in this top 12, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. There were definitely plenty of options for this final spot. Some honorable mentions to guys like Saquon, Cam Akers, and Leonard Fournette. For Saquon, I think he could be up here. There's just a lot of red flags with this overall situation. I think this offense is still going to be rough, even if they nail the head coaching and GM hires. For Cam Akers, you know, it's really impressive how quickly he's come back from that Achilles. I think overall, he's been a little bit overrated. We haven't seen a ton out of him. You know, the ceiling is definitely there because if they give him that workhorse role, that is a fantastic spot to have. But I think a lot of stuff we still need to wait and see on. And then for Fournette, if Brady comes back and, you know, Fournette resigns with the Bucks, he should definitely be locked in here as a top 12 running back. But, you know, because there is that uncertainty, he could go somewhere else. Brady may retire. All those different potential outcomes is why he doesn't slot in as like a top 12 or top 10 running back. But to talk about Antonio Gibson, I really think this could finally be the year he breaks out as like a locked in running back one. If the Washington football team moves on from JD McKissick, we could finally see Gibson have that three down workload. We know he can do it. He was a great receiving back in college. I mean, he was basically a wide receiver in college. So we know he can do it out of the backfield and that would give him legit top 10 upside. But I definitely can't put him up there just yet because, you know, we don't know if they're going to bring him back. Do they bring another competition? What goes on at the quarterback position? So kind of a lot of similar concerns for some of these top guys, the overall offense, you know, the coaching, how are they utilized? And then just what is their role going to be in 2022? But that is going to wrap it up for my top 12 running backs. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. And then also just stay tuned the next few days, but not the wide receivers, quarterbacks, and tight ends. Thank you all for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one.